When you put on a seatbelt, you could be considered to be wearing a car instead of sitting inside of one. Everybody, it is the 14th of September, 2015. This is Red Pages Podcast, episode 61. I'm Justin, and I'm the brains. I'm Paul, and I'm the looks. I'm Gord, and I'm the laughter. Guys, it's been forever. <laughs> hey, that's my job. Oh, forever right. since I did a podcast. It feels like it's been forever since we did a podcast anyway. It's been has it? a longer forever for you than it has for us. Yeah, it's because I wasn't able to make the last show due to it being on a weird day at a weird time. But it's also longer forever for listeners due to a uh, combination of laziness and improper communication. I, I blame the laugh track. <laughs> if we didn't have a laugh track, this show would be way funnier. <laughs> yep. So so what what have what have we been up to? What have you guys been up to? I don't even know. I watched some bad old movies. All right. Okay. You may recall I mentioned a movie called Infini. Yes. yes. You said it was about uh, like sentient water alien thing. Yes. It more than that. It was about the fe- trying to convey the feeling that the movie Alien gives you. Uh, Apathy. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, but it does that very, very poorly, and they were way too serious about it. They, they, they took it way too seriously for me to be able to take it seriously. Viathan. I'm just trying to remember which movie this is. This is the one where they are in an underwater space station type thing? They are. Okay, so in Infinity, they go through a time portal thing to a planet that I guess has a... No, it doesn't even have different gravity. It's just a planet where time goes really quickly so they can go there and spend like four years there and come back and it's only been a minute our time oh yes yeah i remember this movie and uh man is it so heavy-handed that it you can't forgive any of the things that are wrong with it i I remember i was watching the last time i actually watched that movie was when i was like 12 or something so i had like no i like i it was on tv so i just came on it onto it like not knowing anything about it i could barely follow the plot partially because i came halfway in wait but it also didn't yeah i think this might be a different movie is, would it not be on tv uh this is a 2015 film oh god what the <laughs> hell what movie am i maybe maybe that uh you went it's okay paul future. you went you were super portal. drunk I, I went through a time portal where that movie was on tv <laughs> I want to know what movie you were watching, man. I want to know too. I gotta go look this up. <laughs> anyway, Gord, what was what was this this new movie? Right. So that was 2015, and uh, super super bad and uninteresting, and uh, failing to do any of the things that it's trying to do. I, I bet you that the movie I watched was a better version of it somehow. Man, yeah, maybe this is a remake. <laughs> anyway, I watched Leviathan uh, from. 1989 and it is absolutely just another clone of alien but it is 
way more enjoyable because it doesn't it's it's not like super gritty and edgy and hardcore it's uh it's it's bad and the special effects are bad and uh the characters are bad <laughs> but uh it just infinitely better than infinity uh both in what it's trying to accomplish and just as a as a movie on its own it is leviathan is just the alien movie but at the bottom of the ocean and uh some deep sea miners uh discover an old russian ship and release wait how are how are they allowed to work down there um i think there are like child labor laws for miners uh, that they can't work like more than five hours in a day or something. Uh, they, can't, they can't work more than five thousand feet under the sea. This is exactly. <laughs> this is technically uh, international underwater, so uh, ah, okay, you get away yes. with a lot. <laughs> they release a, a parasite that starts hunting them down one by one, and they've got to 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 deal with this this. Ape. Eventually, it evolves into a parasect. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, and you know that the one or two characters get to the end and survive, and uh, I get to see the the bright. Wait, wait, was it one character or two? Were or were you unsure? I, I was trying to be general to address it's, the. It's genre. one. It's let's just you know cut the difference. One and a half characters, but... and also not give away. <laughs> uh, I think that the statute of limitations on a movie made in nineteen eighty nine has expired for spoilers. <laughs> All right, two people survive. Uh, yeah. Anyway, if you're Presented with the choice between Leviathan, nineteen eighty nine, and Infinity, two thousand and fifteen, uh, don't even take very long to dis- to to make that decision. Yeah, go for Infinity. It's newer, and thus must be better. <laughs> exactly. Well, which one is the longer movie? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, because of Justin's rule, where the longer something is, the closer it brings you to death, and therefore is better. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> sure. I don't remember where that came from, but yeah, I can endorse that. I'm pretty sure that's uh that's something does does IMDB not give runtime? No, Wikipedia oh, does. One hundred Wikipedia. One hundred and ten minutes. Right, man. Anyway, F-fan, what else? What else did you watch? I also watched Enemy Mine, which was oh. uh another nineteen eighties sci fi movie. Except this one was much better. Just bad. <laughs> uh Enemy Mine is what you get when someone watches the Captain Kirk versus the Green Monster episode and says, I'm going to make an entire movie out of that. Except at one point, about two-thirds of the way through, it introduces entire new settings and plot and characters, and uh, you realize that there are huge racial undertones. Uh, And then you realize that Every single human was played by a white dude, and every single alien was played by a black dude. Uh, and all of the aliens are enslaved because they're inferior, and they don't understand our ways. Uh, so it's a social commentary. But only in the third act of the movie. The first two are this dude and his alien enemy uh, realizing that they don't have uh anything to fight over and they've got lots in common so they should talk it out and learn each other's language and then the alien gets pregnant and dies and the human dude raises his son uh that that's enemy mine you don't have to watch it now it's got a cool poster it's like the poster of a face off yeah or wasn't there a uh, a star trek movie with no it's not not anything like face off um i'm thinking of um 
anger management. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, it, it's weird. I think I was doing something else at the time, so I didn't mind leaving it on. But I, if you rotated the poster, if you rotated <laughs> Adam Sandler on the poster for me, myself and Irene, 45 degrees in both directions at the same time. <laughs> you'd get the poster for Enemy Mine. If you take the poster for Enemy Mine and rotate it 90 degrees in either direction, uh, you will... You get me, myself, and Irene. You will get the same movie uh, because of the weird, freaky... It's not clear what the extent of their relationship was. It is... Man, I did not remember how the alien in that movie literally is just like a black dude. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> I did not remember that part. <laughs> but now looking at this alien, that's that is actually pretty offensive. I'm pretty sure all of them are because his son is as well. Oh, anyway, anyway, anyway. Leviathan is 98 that's minutes long, so it is uh 13 minutes shorter than Infinity. Mhm. Okay. So, so, so we know which movie is better. And then stare at the wall for 13 minutes. Okay. You'll have a better experience than Infinity. <laughs> ah. All right. So I also read Ready Player One, which is great. But you knew yeah, that. Yeah, it is really good. Yeah. Uh, I, I wonder how it is ever going to be a movie because it is, it's being made into a movie with Spielberg, right? Yep. That's pretty cool. But like, how are they just going to discard all of the references that they don't have rights to? They don't need to discard any reference. Really? No, Spielberg has infinite money. Oh, all right, yeah. That's fair, I guess. But, like, there are so many characters from so many different things and so many uh, franchises and so many different forms of media. I thought that the internet romance thing was a bit... eh, It dragged on a little too long. And then suddenly was over and just other things were happening. But, like, the, the nonstop... Uh, nostalgia Train is pretty great. Are those all things that you have nostalgia for? Uh, not personally, but a handful of them, yes. I mean, like, you know, I played Dungeons and Dragons in high school. That wasn't in the 80s, but I still, it's something that I remember fondly, and I'm aware that uh, it uh, it was a thing back then. Okay, and fair enough. Yep. And, like, I don't know, Godzilla. Power Rangers. Um, What else is in that book? Giant fighting robots from Japan. Video games. Lots of Uh, video games. Super, super fighting robot. Mega Man. The movie War Games. The movie Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Okay. Uh, Literally every... Number being a reference to Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Okay. Um, I think at one point the Famicom was mentioned, which is cool because uh, that's that's something that I've explored much more recently. Okay. Um, I felt like it was a really good... I feel like the author set out to write a story just like The Breakfast Club meets... Uh, War games meets hackers meets, I don't know, the wizard. Mm-hmm. And it is just perfectly paced. Uh, 
to uh, to, to fit right in with that sort of subgenre, that okay. super genre. I don't know. Anyway, what did... super genre is my least interesting superhero. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of uh, Ready Player One, and how much are you looking forward to the movie? Uh, I mean, I, th- I thought it was good. It was a uh, a thing that I read. Uh, that's about it, though. Like, I didn't think it was a piece of great literature. I enjoyed it while I was reading it. It's a pretty good uh, uh, genre work. Sure. Like, it was... It, it, it accomplished what it set out to do. <laughs> that, that is certainly true. So, you know... Good, good on that, I guess. I've heard a lot of criticism of the new book that he wrote. Armada? Yeah, I've heard that it's not very good from a lot of people that it's just sort of like a list of hey remember this thing that's wasn't that cool basically what in a way that this book is not okay like apparently there's nothing else to that book from what i've read than just hey remember that thing hey hey what about this thing (laughs) yeah that that is one thing about uh ready player one is that the way that all of these things are presented is uh is pretty satisfying like, you've always got that vehicle of the character who is experiencing them. Mm-hmm. Anyway, anything else? Uh, yes. I had some more time to think about Seven Eves. And I, with the help of, uh, still untitled, the uh, Tested slash Adam Savage podcast, I think I have uh, crystallized everything that I feel is wrong about Seven Eves. And that is that it is a uh, personal perception thing. Uh, I decided that your in that your perception is wrong. No, <laughs> if it were presented to me in a different way, uh, I would have absolutely exactly the same content, but different presentation. I would have nothing wrong with the book. And that is that uh, if the, the the two changes that I that I would make. Uh, are to separate the three acts into books because they are essentially separate books anyway. So, like, mm-hmm. if I had if I had to put down the first book to pick up the second book, and there was that like that I don't know subconscious grasp on the fact that this is a different part of the story. This is a different. This is this is more of a sequel than a direct continuation then I wouldn't have a problem with the fact that at awkward points, the story just ends and then starts in a different place. Uh, and the other one is that, uh, the other change is that all of the places where he just goes on a, uh, a, a big, deep technical uh, exploration, if that was all removed to the back of the book with the little number, uh, so every time you you come across a new term, you just you mean an end note. I mean an appendix. If okay. all of the, the 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 technical sloggy stuff was in an appendix, even if I had read it in exactly the same order, like oh, what is a flink? Stick my thumb on the page, flip to the back of the book, read eighty pages on uh, hypothesized future. Uh, etymology over 5,000 years and all of the, the technologies that combined together to make this thing and how it interacts with 
society on the whole and like what all the implications of this technology are and then flipped back to the spot where my thumb was that would effectively be reading exactly the same content in exactly the same order but hmm but i would feel different about it because i had made the choice i guess i don't know i don't know why that would make me feel different but separating that making at least a nominal divide between the fiction of the story and the uh, broad and deep explanatory stuff would have made me perceive it uh, in a much more favorable manner. Uh, we were talking about uh, we were talking about the Martian and how the Martian is way better than Seven News. Yeah, it like it presents a bunch of technical stuff, but it's super snappy and funny, and you care about it, and it doesn't drag on for dozens of pages when you really want to just get back to what the characters are doing. But like what I figure is if I had just hmm, if I had had that that separation I would have uh I wouldn't have cared about the uh, uh about stepping out of the narrative every couple pages. All right. So in the alternate world where both of those changes were made, uh, 70s is a fantastic book. And okay. You should all read it. You should read it anyway. Anyway, that's, uh, that is me. Uh, Justin, what have you been doing? So, hmm. I watched a movie called Dusk Till Dawn, ah, which is... Daybreakers, right, uh, that vampire movie. What? That's the same movie, right? I, I don't know. I've never heard of Daybreakers. Uh, is your movie about vampires? It's about... Um, it's about... Uh, what was it? Uh, I guess it stars... Christian George Bale. Clooney and... No. no. <laughs> George Clooney and Quentin Tarantino, who was also the writer, are two brothers that have... One of them just busted the other out of his uh, jail, I guess. He was, he was on trial for murder, I think, maybe? Uh, it was... Uh... He was uh, a bank robber, I believe. He was also a bank robber, but I think he also killed a dude. Did you end up watching this after I recommended it? I watched around 50 minutes of it, and okay. then I stopped. Did you not like it? Uh, it was not as good as I had hoped it was. I think I went through about half of it, like, kind of going, this is ridiculous, this is really stupid, even for, like, a, a Robert Rodriguez movie. And okay. then eventually, like, Asher got sick did of me you... yelling, and it's like, okay, <laughs> did you Did you get... Did they get across the border? Yes, they, they, we got to the vampire part, and it's like that okay. did not make it much better. <laughs> I, I was just like, it, hold up, wait till it becomes a vampire movie, and then it happened, and then it it didn't get better. So this movie, the the goodness or the badness of this movie entirely depends on whether you know that it's a got a twist where there are vampires like three quarters of the way through. <laughs> so yeah, so there there are these bank robber murderer dudes, and they're they're fleeing to Mexico. And they keep killing people because I guess one of them is, like, severely mentally handicapped. I, I don't know what's wrong with him, but he's clearly not all there. Okay. Um, right. He, he's, like, um... He's also a got, rapist. He's got, yeah, he's got some sort of uh, autism spectrum thing where his yeah. special autism power is to... Murder people? Believe that he... 
Yeah, he's just a huge... Thinks that all women are coming on to him all the time, and he is a rapist as a result. And he will kill you if you don't have sex with him. Okay. He might kill you if you do have sex with him, to be honest. That's also true. Anyway, they kidnap this preacher and his family, this preacher who has lost his faith, and they make it to Mexico to the greatest bar in the world. <laughs> and oh uh, turns out it's run by vampires. <laughs> I really enjoyed this movie. I've heard that there are people who hate this movie because they want it to just be like a, like a Pulp Fiction. And I, the I, first I, half I, of this it, movie kind of is. It wasn't directed yeah. by Tarantino, right? No, it was written by him and directed by Robert Rodriguez. Ah, yes, but I mean, it, being directed by Robert Rodriguez is like very similar to being directed by Tarantino in a lot of cases. Yep, those two collaborate all the time, so it mm-hmm. doesn't really matter. Um, so, you, you, if you, so you got to the part where his foot fetish was on display then. Well, I mean, it happened twice in the movie, actually. It happened way earlier than you said. It's like 15 minutes in where he's like ogling um, Kate's feet or whatever in the, mini- been, in the uh, RV. He's just okay. like watching them in the RV and he's just, like ogling. There is a scene where a dude is literally sucking beer off of a foot. So this also, is, yeah, this is not a new movie, right? No, this is no, like, 19, like 1994, maybe he just this past year opened up about that, didn't he? Tarantino. And his about, about his foot, foot fetish? Yeah. I mean, have you watched any of his movies? It's, it's definitely present. <laughs> anyway, uh, if you watch this movie, you will see why Selma Hayek was a sex icon. That, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, because absolutely. She does a, an incredibly long striptease. <laughs> like, an un, like an uncomfortably long striptease, yeah, I feel. Yeah, and that also turns into the entire foot sucking thing. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, and then she turns into a vampire and kills a dude. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, does she drink his blood through his foot? No, uh, unfortunately not. It's he... very much the standard through the neck. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, it, I, it, it has an all-star cast. It's got. It does. Um, yeah. It's who? Who's in this movie? Uh, uh, did Danny Glover? Maybe. Uh, Danny Trejo is in it. Uh, Danny Trejo, sure. in, yeah. Childish Gambino. Um, it's got, I mean, like I said it before, it has uh, George Clooney in it. It's got a uh, Harvey Keitel is the preacher. Um, did you did you notice that Cheech Marin plays three different characters in this movie? No, I did not. Yeah, he's the border guard, and he's the 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 pussy guy, who might be the best character. Oh for wow! That, that ridiculous rant. And uh, he plays Carlos. I guess you didn't get to the end where he plays. He plays Carlos's, uh, who's uh, Seth's, like the, the guy they're going to go meet. Oh, okay. Yeah, and uh, I I didn't notice this. I knew he played three different roles, but I was so like just in the plot of the movie that I didn't realize it was the same guy three different times. Uh, but yeah, it was really funny. Uh, you you missed the joke at the end, where where Seth's like. Why in the world did you organize our meetup at this place after they've killed 500 million vampires? And he's just like, yeah, I don't know. I drove past it a couple of times. It seemed like it was a good idea. <laughs> uh, the ending is a good, it's a good ending. Nice. Uh, it does have Earl McGraw, the, the, the reoccurring Tarantino Rodriguez character in it. Uh, the, the Texas Ranger who gets shot in the beginning. He's okay. in, uh, yeah. he's in a bunch of movies. He's in, um, what else is he? He's in, I think, Kill Bill and uh, Grindhouse. 
Oh, okay. I was, and, I was uh, wrong. It wasn't Danny Glover. It was uh, Fred Williamson. Okay. Anyway, I would recommend this movie. Maybe Paul would not recommend this movie. Uh, I mean, I, I can't not recommend it because it's certainly a movie that's like... There are two sequels and a TV show. Yeah, it, it, it is something that people would like. Yeah. And like... Anyway. I don't know. Anyway, I guess we've ruined the twist, but like it's called Dusk Till Dawn. Come on. Yeah. At this point, I feel like I, everybody it, it who knows has heard this movie knows... You've literally yeah. had 20 years. Yeah. Anyway... As I was saying, there there are some people who who want it to be a a pulp fiction, and then the vampires show up, and they're just like, "Man, the vampires are so dumb." <laughs> yeah, I was like, ah, no, no. I was listening to uh, the horror show hot dog episode where they discussed this movie, and um, Matt, one of the hosts, is like, "Oh no, no, you got it wrong. It's not. Oh, it's vampires. It's oh, it's vampires." <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly what I was like. So that that was that was something else. I also went to the los angeles blizzard starcraft 2 european world championship series event on sunday um i don't know anything about professional starcraft but it seemed like it would be a good time and i was told that the the game's devs would be there and you could talk to them about the game i was like oh that seems like a thing that i would enjoy and uh i watched a bunch of starcraft i had no idea who any of the people that were playing were or well, what a whole they bunch were of korean doing. people no, apparently really? that was a big deal. There were no Koreans. Oh, they had all gotten knocked out. Uh, the finals were between a French guy and a Polish guy, and the French guy won. Cool. A, they, they said something about carrying on the legacy of Stefano, but he was yeah. Protoss, so I don't. Uh, um, yeah, I mean Stefano is a French player, so you know. Okay, I remember that he was really good at playing Zerg back when at a time he when was, I knew um, something about Star Wars. Definitely one of the best Zergs in the world, at least from the foreign scene. Um, in his time, I think he might have been unmatched as Zerg uh, for, as a foreigner. But uh, in any case, to take games off of Koreans as well. In any case, it was a, apparently, from what I could gather, a huge deal that all the Korean players had been knocked out by European players. Yeah, no, ever since um, the game started dying, like the only people, like the people keeping the scene alive have mainly been the Korean pros at the top. So, well, I guess I guess it's gaining traction in Europe from what the commentators were saying. Like, there's a, a large new crop of European players who are all starting to get in. That's pretty cool. Or, who knows? Not me. I don't know anything about competitive StarCraft. Uh, I, I mostly, for the first half of the event, didn't watch StarCraft, but I just watched the people that were coming in to see all the, all the crazy StarCraft fans and what they and looked like. And to push like. people for guests for our show. Well... So yes, I was standing at the bar, because this was technically a Barcraft event, and uh, this woman calls me over to this group of people, and I was planning on, she, she looks like she's maybe 50, she's not like, uh, she's, not, she's not young, she's, but she's not old, and I had seen her earlier, and her shirt had some silhouettes of characters on it that looked super familiar, but I couldn't place them, so I was planning on asking her at some point who they were. Turns out they were the Lost Vikings, and I'm just bad at recognizing silhouettes, <laughs> but... <laughs> She was she was introducing me to this group of people and asking who I, you know who are you what are you what are you here for, and you know I talked to her about you know what what research is and where I'm going and she was asking I guess she, about the the game design program here which I'm not enrolled in, and I said, um you know they've got 
this person, this person, and oh, and Sean Plot went through there a couple years ago because I know that if you work for Blizzard and you're a StarCraft person, you probably know who he is. Right. And she was like, oh, that's my baby. He's my son. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I spent spent like a good part of the event after that hanging out with Day9's mom, which Sweet. was uh, pretty good. Yeah, she's super cool. Um, she introduced me to... You know, some of the community managers and uh, very briefly Dustin Browder, who is the head of Heroes of the Storm. And I met Mike Morheim very, very briefly. Uh, he's a busy guy who had a lot of people to talk to. And it was it was just a really good time. I walked out of there with uh, two plush Zerglings, a set of pint glasses with the StarCraft logo on them, and uh, some sort of like translucent Zeratul thing. Which was Sweet. more than I expected to walk out with, which was nothing. But they had, um, they had, you know those, like, uh, claw machines with the stuffed animals inside? Yep. Yeah. They had, uh, they had two of those set up, and they were just filled to the brim with, uh, Carbot Zergling plushes. And they were on free play, so you could just <laughs> oh. get, a uh, nice. Zerglings. Sweet. It was pretty good. Yeah, I was, like, uh, I was, I was continually getting back in line until I won one. Um, one of the machines had reached the point that all of those machines inevitably reach where you can't actually win because of the configuration of the toys inside. You just can't get a grip on any of them. In, uh, so I went over to the, yeah, I went over to the other one and won on my first try. In, uh, so in Japan, satisfied. it's pretty common that you just go and ask somebody to, uh, to, to set it up so that there's an easy win and they will just do this for you. Cause that's another, yeah, a bunch of people were asking for that. And the person who was running it was like i i can't i'm sorry i'm not like i'm not allowed to do that but every time that it got to a like a bad situation after that i guess which i i saw this sort of like happening on the other side after i had already won they would just somebody from, new ones. yeah somebody from blizzard would arrive with a giant box of zerglings and just dump <laughs> way more of them in nice. it was clearly a thing like they wanted you to win yeah right a very small number of them and these were all gone in like the first half hour had blue tags attached to their like back spines, and I guess if you got one of those, you won a trip to BlizzCon, Dang. which was cool. Oh, but wow. those those went super fast. Yeah, I so, imagine. Yeah, I I don't care. Like that would be nice, but all I really wanted was that zergling. Carbot zergling is adorable. He's got his it little sure tongue is. hanging out. What the? What is Carbot? Zergling. Carbot Animations is a online animation studio comprised of uh two people i forget what their names are they were there i didn't get to meet them um there were also a bunch of like famous twitch and youtube streamers who i met and i couldn't tell you any of their names they were cool like they were nice people um like if if i were to see a list i could pick their names out of the list but anyway the the carbot animations team does very very cute stylized videos about blizzard franchises oh do they do the uh did they do a? Are they doing a Heroes of the Storm series? Yeah, they have one for yeah. all of the Blizzard franchises, okay. I think, except for maybe Diablo. So the one where uh, it's Nazebo before the map, uh, before the match, and he's just running around stuffing his pants full of spiders yes. and uh, yep. frogs. Yeah, that's, okay, that's the one. That is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, those those guys. Anyway, they have a, a plush zergling that they you can buy. Like, if you want one of these, listeners, uh, go to the Blizzard gear shop and you could buy one for twenty bucks. But uh. They are pretty cute, and it brings my collection of stuffed zerglings up to two, 
different ones because I have that one from Comic-Con a couple years ago. And uh, I kind of now want to buy the third one that is available just to build up a swarm. That's how they get you, man. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? First you want one first Zergling. Ami- first Amiibos. But then you have Albies. 150. Do they, do they need it? Hmm. Swarm. Does Swarm necessarily indicate that there's no fixed point? There's no anchor? Or... It's just a large number of, of a thing. Right. Well, so I mean, there's... swarm hosts do have to like burrow into the ground before they can actually start making swarming. <laughs> okay, sure, so. Yeah. so what happens when a no, they're called locusts. zergling gets oh, right. separated from its uh, hive mind? It can't. It dies. It can't operate without its hive mind. Mm-hmm. Or it, it needs some sort of overmind in order to No, no they just operate. go feral. They just, they just run oh. on nerves. Right, yeah. That's like, true. that was a thing that happened in StarCraft after, yeah, after yeah, you had all the Overmind uh... died, everybody reverted to Kerrigan because she was the next highest in command. Mm. Yeah. And then when Kerrigan got de-infested, all the Zerg just went feral. Whoa. <laughs> or um, some of them were able to, like, reconvene under queens. Mm. But a lot of them just went feral. Like, they are, they are animals. They're not, like... They don't shut down if the hive mind isn't giving them instructions. They have their own ability to make decisions and stuff. Cool. They're just way better at it when there are a lot of them because they can all share information. Can they? Do they share processing though? Like, is Kerrigan smarter? No. If there are more. No. Okay. No. Kerrigan. I mean, it's. I mean, she is smarter in that she can see all of the things that they're all seeing, right? Like, she has all of that extra information. But her cognition is not enhanced. Okay. Cool. Um, <laughs> Man, it's been yeah. a long time I since I remembered anything about StarCraft lore. Pro- this game is not Protoss are kind enough. of the same, right? Because Protoss have that weird, like, mind link, too. Yeah, they do, but it's not like a hive mind. Yeah, it's not a hive mind. It's, it's, it's like emotional empathy, isn't it? Yeah. Like they, can, they can sense each other's thought processes because they don't have mouths, so that's how they talk. I, I don't know. Somebody well, I mean, who knows yeah. way they, they, more about StarCraft through. than us is shouting at their microphone right now, being like, <laughs> guys are so dumb, oh my gosh. All right, here's a question. Mm. So if they communicate with telepathy, how are you able to hear them on the other side of also telepathy. a video? Yeah, they can talk directly into your mind. Over video? What do you, what do you mean over video? Oh, like when, when you're like, oh, we're receiving a transmission from the Protoss capital ship and the Captain Kirk screen comes on? Yes. Okay, yeah, I think that's still over telepathy. It could be that they have a telepathy machine that allows them to project their telepathy to or it could be that like the the uh, Rainer ship has a translation program. That's also know. possible. Ships. Uh, I don't know, but like uh... the Ender's Game series had a thing where you could just you you could basically run code on other ships. And they didn't have any defenses against that because who would run? Who would? Who on earth would try to? Uh... Who would arbitrarily try to execute code? <laughs> so they're just a- like a- anybody. <laughs> Come on now. So uh, just, Jeff uh, Goldblum. Yeah, they were. They were just the the humans were just coming up with new uh, strings of genes and feeding them into these spaceships to get them to do what they wanted. Were the ships organic? I no. I think. They had doesn't make what so they the, the technology was based on the alien races uh, biology 
So like the way that we have a microphone. Where all of their instructions hate the gays, because that seems like a thing that he would. <laughs> no, so like what, we've got this, this vibrating magnet technology where okay. it, that takes the our biological communication and mm-hmm. records it and uh, shares it. Okay. Their version of that, since the way that they would communicate was by like sticking a n- node into somebody's brain and releasing this new chemical, uh, they just had a machine that replicated that. That's a really like un impractical way of communicating with a th- person. But you could just make them run new instructions. Sure, but what? What? Why is their form of communication stab you in the head with a needle and release a chemical? <laughs> Well, isn't like, that's what, not yours? What, like, what species would evolve that? That's so impractical. Okay, so and like potentially fatal on like a single cell organism. Oh, I mean, like uh, that. That is come to think of it, that is just what viruses do, right? They they squirt their DNA into your cells, which makes your cells okay. right. But that's Directly. that's a that's not just a way to talk to somebody. That's a way right. to reproduce yourself at somebody else's expense. They didn't really talk. Like, it wasn't like words. It wasn't exchanging ideas. It was delivering instructions. Huh. And uh, <laughs> the humans figured this out, fortunately, uh, before deploying it, because the aliens had sent them just a chemical that would kill everyone on the ship. And uh, they, huh. they replicated it and said, well, there are two things we can do here. We can uh, release this chemical and breathe it in, or we could not do that because that's dumb. And they, huh. they ran some extra analysis on it. And it turns out that the aliens are just like, yep, uh, you all need to kill yourself now. Kill yourselves so that we can board your ship and take your technology and figure out what the heck you're up to. That seems like a t- good idea to not do. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so those are the two things I did. Uh, w- one was much more enjoyable than the other, but they were both good. Paul, nice. what did you do? Uh, I, uh, on the, on Labor Day, I had off and apparently there is this, uh, sweet, uh, West Indian American parade happening in Brooklyn. And because Ashley's, uh, West Indian American, we went there and it was pretty cool. Um, there was like a whole bunch of dudes in the most, uh, like every single stereotypical, uh, Jamaican sounding or like Caribbean sounding MC was there. Shouting off. Oh, okay, when you said West of... Indian, I thought you meant like the West Side of India, not like the West Indies. The West, the West Indies, yeah. I, I was um, okay. Wow, that's a that's a new term for uh, uh, Native North American that I have not heard before. You know, there's Indians and the West Indians. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, I mean, technically, it it should be like uh, West Indians is a terrible thing. Like, uh, what is it? Uh, Mitchell and Webb had a a skit about that where like they landed on at the west indies but it should have been called the east indies because if this were truly india it would be the east end of india right oh so 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 you so when he's like from out the sticks you just say oh he's from the east end of india (laughs) yeah exactly okay uh but um yeah but basically it was just this sweet parade in which people are wearing these uh crazy costumes with like headdresses and all that stuff uh and it was like 90 degrees out and people are wearing not very many clothes because of it 
and uh, basically they just had like these uh, what would be eighteen wheelers, but like the cargo area is just like like fifty speakers just stacked on each other. It was uh, like a slightly more practical version of the uh, giant uh, war rig with all the speakers in Mad okay. Max. And I'm on board. The most stereotypical um, Caribbean sounding MC off the top, just like shouting at all the dancers to like stay in step and keep dancing and like keep dancing because like that's what they're there for. And they had like a lot of uh, pretty cool food or really hot food um, on the sides. Okay. And we it took us like two like an hour and a half to walk like six, seven blocks, something like that, because there were so many people. So that was pretty fun. Uh, it was really hot that day, so we left pretty early. Uh, but we, we were, like, watching, like, tons of people on the trains, just, like, and, like we would look at them, and we knew exactly that they were going the same place we were because they were just, like, decked out in, like, flags and all their colors and whatnot pretty cool event i learned a lot of stuff about uh west indian culture stuff i guess and uh this past weekend was a friend of the podcast uh jerry's girlfriend's birthday oh good old cecilia yeah and so we hung out at her place uh ate some food drank some stuff and played some League of Legends. That was cool. Is um, she like still the best at League of Legends out of the group? Oh no. I don't think she's ever been the best in the group. Um wow. but she is not the worst by a large margin, I believe. Oh, okay. Is that Jerry? Is he, is he the worst? No. It's okay, I'm not you sure can tell us. I, I didn't remember I, that I, I I told him that I had heard a rumor that he was the best and he confirmed it, so... That may have been true at one point, but that's definitely not true now. He might actually be the worst. You hear that? You're being called out. (laughs) 1v1 me, bro. You should fight him IRL. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Let's see. Uh, I watched the uh, Mr. Robot season finale. Uh, And you missed... We talked about Mr. Robot in class today. Oh, sweet. Have you watched any of it? Oh, no. I forgot to talk about Mr. Robot. Yeah, I saw that you were watching a bunch of it, right? Yep. I watched up to the Prison Break episode. Ah. Yeah, we, we were talking about it as uh, as an example of Marxism. You might have been. I think I missed that whole layer of subtext. Uh, uh, I haven't seen it, so I can't confirm or deny whether it is. But we were we were talking about how, like, full, Marxist, Marxists believe that some sort of revolution is necessary in order to affect actual societal change, uh, and uh, yes. by literally burning the silos full of money, I think it was was that is that a thing that happened? It, more or less, it's it's yeah. basically got the same plot line as uh fight club oh no yeah that's we talked about fight club too so it was fight club we talked about fight club and mr robot so one one of them was burning silos full of money and one of them was taking down evil corp 
Well, technically, both of them are. Is the, the idea is that Evil Corp is so entrenched into both the U.S. and foreign uh, money that, like, by taking down Evil Corp, you essentially like remove debt from everyone. It like basically shattered the economy, or it would shatter the economy of uh, a lot of third world nations, as well as hit the United States pretty hard and would cause some yep. sort of re- recession or depression. And in yep. Fight Club, so that's, it's That's what we were just, talking about. Fight Club is blow up the buildings that contain... Contain money. Yeah, they were money, trying to essentially. total anarchy, though, Fight Club. Because, like, hey, you owe me money. Yeah. No, I don't. I have a gun, so I owe you nothing. Oh, I guess you're right. Yeah, that, that was anyway. more of a uh, survival of the fittest from that point on. It becomes a Mad Max landscape, mm. was the hope. Whereas this is just... Let's open the eyes of the people so they will see how money has enslaved them or something. So it's like They Live, where you look down at the money and it just says, this is your god. (laughs) My neighbor, Banksy, keeps uh, paying rent in uh, a jar of coins that he has written world peace on. Yeah, you have to smash the jar. Yeah. uh, And almost literal uh woman in the fridge at the end of the episode that i just watched yeah that was like really i I was expecting so much better since the writing up to that point had been so good that like i was just like i see them like working towards this trope and i'm hoping that they subvert it Mm. but instead they just kind of like walk directly into it and say this is the this is what we've done yeah look at it she was the uh like she was the your princess is in another castle that entire episode yeah. until the end when she was yeah you know, princess is in this she was also she also had the problem of being like kind of your very stereotypical manic pixie dream girl character right where she was just like very carefree and like very artsy and has a side of her that he doesn't really see until he tries to connect with her and she, and he, it, sex she and makes him books. a better person and you know Gives him sex even though he doesn't want nor deserves it. So it's a manic pixie dream girl? Yes. Who gets fridged. I mean, very, makes very sense. textbook. Um, so that, like, those are definitely some of the bigger complaints of the show series so far. That episode, um, on, on the whole, was uh, not super great, right? Yeah, it had the weakest hacking element by far of any of the episodes i can tell you um just because it's kind of like completely ridiculous uh what they actually end up doing that was um, by kyle bradstreet okay well kyle bradstreet i think and your episode sucks a new director i think i think the uh, direction was actually fine like the long shot at the end where he does the reveal of the trunk that and his just like complete panic it, with the sirens going on in the background, I think that was actually pretty well shot. Yeah, I direction. really like that. But like the writing was just not there. Kyle does not return in this season to write another episode, but uh, series creator Sam Esmail does indeed. Yeah, he's. Um, did he do the final episode? Nope. Uh, the last okay. one I saw was Brave Traveler. Okay. Yeah, Brave Traveler was a good episode overall, except for like the necessary plot points they have to do in order to make the male character stronger or whatever. Mm. Um, but it's like, I also don't imagine like, I feel like they probably could have written a, a better thing in order to make them 
take action and like not get content in his uh, newfound lifestyle. His very short lived newfound <laughs> lifestyle. Starbucks? <laughs> he, he's literally just one day like, I'm going to drink Starbucks and I'll be fine Happy, as a person. normal person, not wearing dark colors all the time. Yeah. And then in less than 24 hours, like, I. I, I guess I'm going to be moody for a couple months. Yep. The hood's going back up. Hood's going back up. Back to hacking everyone I know. So I'm a person who really likes uh, freeze framing and trying to figure out what operating system they're running. <laughs> and uh, this, this has been a, a rewarding show. But it looks like every computer is just running the same operating system. Uh, well, I mean, like... Um... What's his face? Is Angela's boyfriend is run? Like they've got a MacBook for sure. Is Angela the girl who died? No, Angela is um, the childhood Child friend, friend of the main character. Oh. The other uh, anime stereotype. Yeah, man, I was right. gonna I was gonna make an Angela's ashes joke, but I guess it wouldn't work. No, I don't even remember the name of the character who died anymore. <laughs> Shayla. Shayla. Yeah, she even has a manic pixie dream girl name, right? Yep. Like, you sh- you- we really should have seen this coming from the first episode when she was re- introduced. Like, either she's going to, like, die or not be important and end up being... Uh, I feel like I would have been happier if she wasn't important. Yeah, I, I would have been okay at her being just, like, this weird neighbor. They tricked us into investing in her. Yeah, it's a horrible trick. I hate it. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that, that final episode... Um, it got canceled. It got uh, postponed due to its uh, content, uh, and yeah. I think they made the right decision because, man, that was uh, it, I actually like screamed at my screen like, "Oh my god!" For like ten minutes after that happened, I paused and was like, "That did not just happen." What huh. What did why What What caused them to delay so it? um the a real world event that uh, yeah that on that day there's this real world event in which. Uh, a shooting oh, happened live on TV. Right, right, right. Yeah. Huh. And basically... Is that what happens in the episode? shooting happens live on TV in that episode. Okay. Yikes. So this is this is kind of like that uh, Marvel Spider-Man 9-11 m- memorial. Yeah. You've got to delay it a few years before you can air that. Yeah, so it's, it's not... So it's, it's sort of like the, the nice boat... I'm uh, not sure if I get that reference. Explain. Nice. Oh, that was a cow- Cowboy Bebop. Uh, was temporarily put on hiatus when it was airing in Japan, because um, I think it was Cowboy Bebop. There was there was a tragedy where some like boat blew up and sank with a bunch of civilians on it. I think oh, okay. was what happened, or mm. some something happened. I don't remember. I, no, it wasn't a boat. Um, I think it, I don't I don't remember what it was. I, I don't know. Some something happened. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. In any case, um, something yeah. similar to what happened happened in um, uh, in what's what's in, in Japan in in Cowboy Bebop or whatever show it was. Maybe it wasn't. The internet is telling me it was an anime called School Days. So maybe I just don't know what show it was. Anyway, they gotcha. they so pulled the episode. Anime cyst. Yeah, I'll just look up. Yeah. They 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 pulled the episode and instead of the episode just aired a video of this Norwegian boat with this caption nice boat. <laughs> what? Something like that. 
Wow, okay. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, it says it was replaced with half an hour of unrelated scenery. And 4chan got it and it labeled it Nice that, Boat. That sounds, so like it a, a, that sounds like an adult swim thing to do, honestly. Yeah. Anyway, this is, this is similar to what you're talking about, I swear. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so if you Google Nice Boat, you could watch the Nice Boat footage. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, um, Key and Peel ended for good. I'm sad. Which is, makes me sad, but I, I look forward to uh, what they're working on next because they're funny people. And uh, it's probably good that their show ended before they jumped the shark and stopped being funny. But uh, they will be missed. I will try to watch as many episodes as I can on uh, YouTube. my YouTubes and other streaming services while I can. Yeah. Because I have a lot of episodes to catch up on because I've been super uh, on the season. Uh, that's pretty much it. All right. Let's go to the game section. Yeah, what have you been playing? Uh, yeah, Paul, what have you been playing? Okay, um, I've been playing a lot of uh, Diablo 3. Um, I'm working my way to finishing all of the season's... Chapters? What, uh, Chap- conquest chapters? achievements? I don't know what they're called. I think they're but, called chapters. Uh, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Um, and so far, I like I've like I think last time I did this, I got to like Paragon two hundred or something over like the entire span of that season, and I'm already at four hundred, and my main is only at five hundred and something, so I can see myself eclipsing that very quickly. Um, if I end up, I wouldn't be surprised if I ended up like Paragon six hundred by the end of the season or something like that, Yikes. because there has to be way that this is going to go on for at least another couple of months. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. They have no indication of releasing a PTR or anything uh, relatively soon. Um, but I haven't gotten the Greater Rift 60 yet. I'm only at around 55 solo. Working my way there, my, I just, like, at this point, all I have is just, like, making my gear better by making it ancient and getting the perfect rolls on it or whatever. So that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm probably going to... Um, right now, I'm working on getting a glove that is good enough on its own so I can re-roll a secondary into uh, its percent to stun or whatever uh, so I can more consistently actually wait, stun doesn't help. It's gotta be freeze and freeze and slow. No, does slow even work with uh, Call of the Week? Yeah. Call of the Week is only slow and uh, chill. It's chilled it's and slowed. Frozen, chilled and slowed are the only two. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay, so slow is fine. I gotta get uh, chilled somewhere. I can't remember what piece of gear you can get that on. Pants, maybe. But I'm working on oh. that. No, pants. Pants is uh, pants is slow. Okay. Um, I've been playing a pretty good amount of uh, Hearthstone. Um, I'm already rank 14, which is much higher than I usually get. Um, I'm usually around that rank by the end of the month, as opposed to. Uh, a week or so in a week and a half in uh, two weeks in oh wow it's halfway through the month okay never mind um <laughs> but I'm, I'm usually at this stage much later in the month so uh i'm going to try to keep uh piloting my uh mid-range hunter mech mage and dragon priest to rank 10 maybe i'll be happy at rank 10 um if i like decide to take some time off maybe i'll just like no life it to legend, but I suspect you won't as fun. I suspect I won't either because that does not seem that much fun. Um, 
my roommate's been playing a whole bunch of Metal Gear Solid Five, in which every time he enters the helicopter, he it's playing Take on Me. So I'm just doing random stuff, and all of a sudden, I just hear Take on Me in the background, and thus it's been stuck in my head for the past couple of days. Um, he has switched it up. Um, I don't know what song he's running right now, but he is looking for the cassette for Final. Did Countdown. you give him my advice about what songs to use? Uh, no, I did not, because I think I would prefer listening to Take On Me all the time. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, TV um, themes are the way to go. <laughs> no, I, I, think, I think Final Countdown would be much better uh, in the end. <laughs> um, uh, lastly, I've been playing uh, Big Pharma. Um, do you guys know anything about that? No, but it's I think my brother's been playing it. But I don't know what to do about it. Yeah, it's it's like this um, semi-sim puzzle game in which uh, you run a big pharmaceutical company, hence the name. And uh, basically, it's just like this pseudo-scientific puzzle simulator where it's there aren't like clear goals outside of make a bunch of money or uh, supply this type of drug to a bunch of people in X amount of time. And it gives you like a whole array of tools and no, you're just given like, do whatever you want to make sure you get those goals. And so it's like some strategy element in planning uh, what upgrades you get and how you want to traverse through your tech trees and whatnot. And also a bunch of interesting puzzle in the way that uh, you have all these different machines, which have different efficiencies and you need to connect them from an input to an output and sometimes multiple inputs to multiple outputs. Uh, it's super fun. It's really cute. It's got a really good, well-polished feel to it. And I'm having a blast playing through it. I'm still working through the beginner missions because I haven't played too long, but I imagine this is a game that I'm going to be coming back to a lot. All right. Anything else? Cool. That's it. All right, I guess I'm I'm up next. So I also played I played about an hour of um, Metal Gear Solid Five, the first just the opening prologue. Uh, I this is the first Metal Gear Solid game I've ever played. That's not just like a, Which is a, a demo. Mistake, probably. Man, this game is confusing. Uh, yeah, you've got to start with the one on the NES. That's not a Metal Gear Solid game. Yeah, you, you Metal no, that's Gear. Not. Metal Gear. Yeah, yes. you can start with the... Well, they have... You can get Metal Gear... 1, 2, collection. 3, and 4 on PS3, I think. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to, though. I'm not interested. You should at least play Metal Gear 2. And, or 3. Anyway. Honestly, either of Anyway. In this, in this first hour... Uh, so this game opens with a character creator where... Because you're, you're having your face... Basically, you're, you're an unknown dude in a hospital bed. You've been in a coma for nine years. Oh, I guess spoilers for, like, the first ten minutes of Metal Gear Solid Five. by the way. Um, you don't know who you are. Presum- you, you presume you're Snake. Like, that's what you'd think. Um, and you, you finally, like, go through a couple weeks of recovery. Get a, uh, you, you've lost your arm. And the doctor says, all right, we're going to do, like, you're, you're, a, you're a wanted man. People want to kill you. For some reason, however, we're we're gonna fix all that. We're gonna do facial reconstruction surgery, so it makes you pick your name and what you're gonna look like for the game. And then the doctor's like, "All right, let's get started." And 
immediately this woman garrots him. So you never actually use that character for anything. I don't know if that character creator is used. It's going to be for an online feature in the future. I don't, I don't know. Maybe it is. I hope that's according to my roommate. That's okay. Cause what it is seriously, it was just like, Oh, here's an incredibly in-depth character creator that is immediately thrown out the window because you're just big boss. Um, you spend a lot of time crawling around because you're unable to stand because you've been in a coma for years. Um, there's a, a ghost with flamethrowers for arms that keeps appearing behind you. And then a, a <laughs> dude with nails sticking out of him made of fire keeps chasing you and the terrorists that are attacking the building. I guess these are maybe characters from a different Metal Gear game, but I don't know them. Eventually, you get out of the... You, you sneak your way out of the facility very, very slowly, evading both Fireman and the terrorists. And you are driving from... You're, you're, you and your, your guy... So the game tells you that your name is Ishmael and this guy Ahab is helping you escape. Uh, and, and Ahab and you escape in a an ambulance until he gets shot from a helicopter. So you're careening off, off the road. You, you fall out and this guy on a horse rides up. It's like, all right, I'm on your side. Get on the horse. And then you have to do this weird horseback escape from the dude on fire who's also riding a horse. And then a giant sandworm pops out of the ground. This is all sandworm is also on fire and eats the helicopter. And the dude on the, the fire dude is also on a Pegasus unicorn and flies around. And then it turns out this guy on horseback was revolver ocelot. And I guess I would have known that if I had known anything about metal gear and then it, the game starts. I don't know what's going on in this game. I. I don't even know what I can say about it other than like a literal account of what has happened so far. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I that it just sounds like Metal Gear. I don't really know what else to say. Um, apparently there's hidden Boktai content in this game, which like, wh- what? What? People remember that that thing exists? Which uh, made, made me a little happy. A little bit. But uh, yeah, I, I, I really... I've seen a bunch of of animated images of the female lead in this game that are sort of disgusting. But apparently it's a good game. It's like a lot of people whose opinions I respect say that despite all of that, it is a fun game. So I don't know if I'll have, have the, apparently I've, I've also seen a lot of people saying I'm 80 hours into metal gear solid five and I have reached 15% completion. So I don't know if I'll actually have the time to play this game. It's a huge open world game even just the hour that i like that if if that were the entire game i would be like well that was a satisfying hour i don't know what happened but it was interesting yeah i've actually seen a little bit of the game played uh online and it's actually got some really sweet interactions that you can do with other players yeah i know you can um where you infiltrate their base yeah stuff and uh, this is also a game where you can uh attach a hot air balloon to a jeep and watch it fly away yeah So if that's a thing that appeals to you, um, you could also watch the credits for this game every time a mission starts, they repeat, because it's done like a TV show. 
So, uh, right. If you want to watch the credits, there's certainly a, an opportunity to do so. Anyway, the other game that I've been playing a lot more than this is Super Mario Maker. Super Mario Maker being the the officially sanctioned Mario ROM hacking tool, basically. Uh, it's super. It sweet. is really good. I've made a lot of Mario levels. One of them got really popular in the first couple of hours. I think it it died off real uh, the next day because there are so many new levels cycling in. But right, it, yeah. it got a bunch of stars and upvotes the first day. It was a cool level where you ran through Bowser's castle and there were some boss fights. And you had infinite fire flowers for them. So you just felt like a, a cool dude with a fire blower. Um, I made a whole bunch of really tough levels that no one seems to like. I don't think people like tough levels. There are a lot of really tough levels that people are making. And there are, there are tough levels that are really well done. And there are tough levels that are garbage because they're poorly designed. And boy, are there a lot more of the latter than the former. Like, I am 100% yeah. okay with a tough level that's really, really well designed. But there are some levels that are just like, oh, I fell into this place and I cannot possibly get out. I have to reset the level. Oh, that's unfortunate. Like, I, I hope that the people that continue to play this game like just stabilize into people who are either already good at Mario level design or learn from playing what makes a good Mario level. Right. Well, like there's a voting system, right? So the best. Yes. Is yes. Ideal going to However, there is a surface. there. There are campaigns. You can do a campaign that is all Nintendo made levels, or one that pulls from the community. And depending on the difficulty, you the way that I I think that it must work. You can play it on easy, medium, or hard. Is that it looks at completion rates for the levels and ranks them. And so I tried the hard campaign, and it was just oh. This is the 16 most impossible levels that people have created so far. And they weren't oh, all very cool. well designed. I didn't finish. Like, I, oh. I quit. I didn't finish it because I wasn't having fun. That's unfortunate. Um, but I hope that that stuff I, just I filters just, out it, because it's it's new right now. Yeah. There are a lot of people playing it. I know that when I inevitably get this game, I'm just going to be working on the most elaborate auto scroll. Yeah, there are, there are some cool levels that just play themselves and play music. Uh, there, there's a Rick Roll level. Yeah. Or just plays never gonna give you up. Ah, sick. Nice. Yeah. Um, um, I well, there's one that I, I saw that I really liked um, back when uh, it was still like beta or whatever, which was the uh, vertical bowling level. I'm not sure if you saw no. that. No. Uh, it's very simple. You just Mario walks into a room. Uh, on the in front of him is like a bomb or a shell or something, and above him is like an array of enemies. And the goal is just to maximize your score by hitting as many enemies with one shell, oh, cool. walking to the next room, do the same thing a bunch of times. So you can't really make vertical levels in this game. They're all horizontal. You've got a lot of sp vertical space, yeah. but there's no levels that just scroll up, for example. Yeah. There are... So one of the big criticisms of this game before it came out when it was in the review period was that it takes nine days to unlock all of the content. Uh, but... As it turns out, Nintendo saw those complaints from the reviews, and the day one patch removes that. Oh, so wow. now nice. you play, you've got like your limited tool set, and the game is like, the next shipment will arrive on whatever the next day is. But if you keep making levels, I, I don't know whether it's based on the amount of time you spend making levels, or the amount of blocks you place, or some, some factor, it'll just be like, oh, 
this shipment arrived early, and it takes about 15 minutes in my experience. Um, and then it takes five more minutes of play to queue up the next shipment. So if you play for a couple hours, you'll get almost all of the stuff uh, in the first day. And if you don't, then the next day it'll all, it will just give you the next shipment. So if you don't play for a couple days, you'll just get stuff that way too. It's a way better system. And I'm pleased and surprised by Nintendo's rapid response on that just based on initial feedback and in getting that patch out for, for the Sweet. day one launch. Uh, there are costumes in this game that can be unlocked with amiibos. You can just play as any character. Any amiibo that exists can be played as that character in Mario level. Um, so I made, a, I made a cool Inklings underwater with a lot of bloopers Splatoon level. Oh, nice. I made... Uh, yeah, so uh, also all of... So they play... They have the same physics and everything as Mario. It's just cosmetic. But the sound effects are all different. So when you when you beat a level as the Inklings, it does that like... Do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. From uh, Splatoon, which is very satisfying. Nice. When you, when, you win a, when you win a match. And if you don't own Amiibos, you can still unlock all of the costumes by playing the campaign over and over again. Every, every time you finish what's the... It's called the 100 Mario Challenge. Where you, they give you a hundred lives, and you just have to complete sixteen randomly drawn levels. And you can skip them if you like. If if one is too hard, you can skip with no penalty, just infinite number of times. So uh, that that is an alternate way. So I beat that, and I got Dark Pit as a costume uh, without his amiibo. So I'm glad all that content is available. And apparently, there are over one hundred costumes in this game, ranging from amiibo characters to things like Goomba or like, spring from the original Mario Lost Levels game. Hmm. Uh, it's it's really good. I would recommend to anybody who is interested in uh, Mario or getting into game design yep. or... Oh, yeah. Like, this is, this is definitely a great way to... If you have never designed a game before, it is really, really easy. It is incredibly forgiving. You will get instant feedback because there, at least at this point, there are so many people playing and you'll get comments on your levels and people starring them, whatever. Uh, it's it's just really good, and there's no there's just there's there's no penalty. People don't downvote you or anything. You could only ever get upvoted. So Mario Maker is a lot of fun. Uh, I I'm glad that is a thing that I own, and have been playing a lot. So those those are the two. The two games that I that I have to talk about this week. Gord, what about you? I have played. A bit of Diablo, but I'm kind of past it. Like, maybe next season I'll be back with a new, a new character. But, like, right now the entire game is doing the same things over and over again for incrementally better gear. And I don't know if I like that game. Uh, Heroes, of course. Uh, always Heroes. This might be the longest I've been into, like, the longest regular time. I've been into uh, any one game. Binding of Isaac. Uh, I mean, Binding of Isaac had a big spike, but you still I, play I Binding of Isaac. Last... Binding of Isaac's my thing. I don't regularly play Binding of Isaac. I occasionally play Binding of Isaac. Heroes of the Storm, I play mm, maybe once a day or once every two days at the least common. Huh. Uh, I also played a bit of Renowned Explorers, but. Maggie will have a lot more to say about that than I do. 
Yeah, I bought it. I played it on my friend's family share, and I said, I need to own this, because it's basically civilization meets board games meets uh, character building, and that makes me very happy. With permadeath. Yeah. That doesn't make me so happy. And exciting nuns. I keep getting murdered by nuns. Oh, so just like in real life. And are they, yeah, yeah just like, exactly. Like, are they murdering you through your HP, or are they... They're cheering me to death. They're che- That's not dying, though. That's... So this game has three different lose states, um, and w- only one of them is HP. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the other things that people can do is erode your sense that you are right and they are wrong by presenting a convincing argument, for example. Oh, man, that's how I win most uh, of my arguments. <laughs> and mm. then you, when, when you lose that battle, uh, instead of you know all your dudes with X's for eyes. It's uh, then you went on a, a cruise with this person because you decided that they're really cool and what you were doing wasn't that important. Is that how is that a loss? I, I went on a cruise uh, because you went on a cruise? it's game over and you can't continue. But yeah. I mean, that sounds like a win condition to me. Yeah, yeah. It's a loss because you've given up all of your dreams to follow somebody else's, just like real life. Um, I'm still skeptical that this is a loss. But. The, the happiness yeah. and the sadness, it's like happy, sad, or angry, and aggressive. So you can lose with one of those three conditions, but they all share the same HP bar. So, like, you make somebody sad, they lose wait, a bunch which, of Wait, which, which emotion is, which is a loss? Is being happy a loss? The, they're all losses if you... Wait, so you lose if you're happy? Yeah. If you're too happy, you give up on your own cause and support your enemy, and it's a loss. I feel like th- this is teaching some uh, bad lessons. I know, right? About life. <laughs> it's not a loss. It's an end state that is not a win state. So but wait, like, wait, wait, wait. If, if, if we think that this isn't a loss, does that mean this isn't a game because there's no lose condition? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Actually, this is all just a port of Dwarf Fortress. Makes sense. In Dwarf Fortress, that game where you can uh, get killed by nuns, kill dragons by convincing them that you are cooler than they are. That's how I kill most people. I I just Mm. walk up and put on some sunglasses and they fall over because (laughs) they have a bullet in their head. And then do you make a bad joke like that and take your sunglasses off and go, yeah! No. Because I heard of a guy who did that. Yeah. Who did that? Who did that? I'm an English teacher. I'm going to step away now. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I am technically well an English teacher sometimes. <laughs> when I, when the mood strikes me. Uh, Is that your uh, I don't know. I had a I had a big <laughs> argument about semiotics with uh, Gary Butterfield today. <laughs> <laughs> Run us through that. Oh, uh, we were... I was talking with other people. Oh, right. So Nintendo appointed its new president today. Um, oh. oh, yes. So did Australia. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so <laughs> Tatsumiki Mishima is the new president of Nintendo. First of his yeah, name. the new king of Nintendo. Lord sits sitting the mushroom throne. What is it? What, what did I say? King of the Goombas and the Koopa Troopas. Uh, Lord of the seven power stars and protector of the games of men. Yep. yep. So he he was formerly the president of Nintendo of America before Reggie. I think he was the president of the Pokemon company for a while. 
Uh, he's 65, which is retirement age for non-directors at Nintendo. So he's probably not going to be around very long. It seems like he's much more of an interim right. president while they groom a, a real president. I'm I'm uh, I'm uh, shooting for uh, Reggie, King of the North yeah. American Nintendo yep. Division. Yep. Uh, no, war- Warden of the North. Warden of He's the, the Warden North. of the North American <laughs> Nintendo. Yeah. Um, You're right. So they also did some restructuring. Miyamoto and uh, Takeda are no longer, what were they, like vice presidents before? Now they're creative fellow and technical fellow, which have less direct management responsibilities, but more like advisory pre- presidential sort of assistant capacity. So they're probably going to be less involved with day-to-day, but more involved with high-level decisions about the long-term direction of the company. Anyway, I was talk- we, we were talking about this, and it got into a discussion about stock and how stock works and how, how much of Nintendo's stock does Nintendo own and what are controlling shares because some people didn't understand what, like, very, didn't have a very clear idea of how financial systems worked or how stock works. Um, and we talked about, started talking, got into a discussion of what, like, marketing and whether sort of money making is good or bad for the video game industry. And somebody said, that they think that market research is bad for video games. And I was like, well, I don't, I don't think that's true. I don't think that like market research can be not good, but I don't think that it's ever a negative thing for the games industry. I don't think that the the example of a dude with a good idea and he can't make that game because it doesn't have guns in it and guns are what sell video games. I don't believe that that thing actually exists. I don't think that anyone has ever had their game canceled because it doesn't have guns in it. Um, so we, we talked about that and, and then, uh, Gary was like, well, I don't, I don't think that that's really what he meant. I think he was just talking about the bad sort of market research. And I said, uh, I, I think that when you say market research is ruining games, it carries with it all of the implicit stuff about how money making is bad for art and financial systems are corrupting the, the pure form of enter, of, of what should be our, our art and entertainment. And even if you don't mean all of that stuff, market research is at this point a sign for all of that things. Like in a sentence, you can't divorce it from all of that extra baggage that it carries based on the way that it's used in society today. And so we got into a big discussion about whether it's okay to ask people what they whether you should ask people what they mean when they say something or if you should just presume that you know what they mean because regardless of what they say what they say they can only mean that thing the the words that they are saying can only mean that thing regardless of what their intention is and whether just like in uh, thousand blank white cards if the wording is ambiguous the player of the card gets to right decide right but the player does not right. get to decide it means something different if they wrote the wrong thing Right. It's like if you say something. It's been too long since I played. Well, I mean, this is this is this is the argument. Like, if you say something, like you can say, "Oh, what I actually meant is this," and that's fine. But that doesn't change the meaning of what you originally said. Right. Right. And so that was my argument. My argument was like, we we have so many. And he, well, what I think what he what he said was that we can't, like you you could just not 
read all of that stuff into it and take them at their word. And I said, I don't think that that's possible. I think that like signification is so ingrained into the way that we think about everything that you can't avoid it. Like when you're driving and you see a stop sign, you don't always think to yourself, Oh, the red octagon with the letters S T O P on it. That means that I should briefly pause in my driving. You just do it because it's ingrained at this point. That's how stop signs work. And I think that that's sort of how all signs and signifiers work. But uh, this, mm-hmm. at this point, the discussion, I, I, I had started to move it. So like, okay, so signs, so like semiotics is just really about ideology, right? Like, at, at, but at that point, the, uh, the conversation had raged a bit afield from the happy, happy uh, watch out <laughs> for fireballs chat. So we decided to uh, pause it there. <laughs> Yeah, that's what the most recent XKCD is about. Is it? I, what is the most recent XKCD? Um, it is about the life expectancy advent calendar. Oh, uh, the second most recent. I guess it would be Fridays then. Oh, yeah, I was really, I read that and I was like, wow, that that is the view of a, a dumb person. <laughs> like, I don't think that Randall Monroe is dumb, but I think that that comic is dumb. Hmm. Because, right, so that comic is, oh, I said the wrong thing, but I don't care that it means something different because life is short and I get to make up what I say and it means what I want it to say, not what it actually means. And, like, but that's that's not... That is basically... The comic is basically saying what you just said, where... There's this thing that everyone already understands what it means, even if that's not technically what you're saying. Yeah, but you can't but the, the, the conclusion of the comic was we shouldn't bother to make an effort to say things properly. I don't think that's, that's what, it's what I, I yeah, that's that's what I got from that. We shouldn't like you shouldn't just run anything that you say through a mental checklist of rules that you need to follow just to prove that you know what those rules are problem is that 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 is all the other person was doing the other person was not attempting to make a connection between two i don't believe that like if if that first person who was correcting were me i would be doing that because i understood what you meant but be you're saying it wrong makes you appear less intelligent and that is detrimental to you you in society. Like, if you speak improperly, people just judge you for it. And you can say, well, it doesn't matter what they think. But it kind of, like, it, if you want to live with other people, it kind of does, right? So are you seeding this argument with uh, Gary Butterfield? Am I what? No, I, I mean, we, yes. we haven't talked about it since then because the the watch out for fireballs chat was no longer the appropriate forum for that discussion uh but we whatever whatever we end up hanging out in real life we're gonna have a long discussion about Jacques Derrida was the was the agreement (laughs) uh he also said that at this that like he didn't want to hear about it before then because he had other things that he liked more that he wanted to uh participate in like football and anime (laughs) which was which is pretty funny uh, because we both love football and anime, the two of us. I don't believe either of those things about you. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure both statements were a lie. 
anyway, so yeah, that was our that was our semiotics <laughs> segment of the podcast. Uh, you can thank Gord for asking me to elaborate. Please send your angry <laughs> Thanks, letters Gord. to You're Gord, uh, Japan, Planet Earth, one one two zero four, which is in Canada. Which is that? Which is on Earth? Which is in Canada? Halifax. What is a, a picnic face sketch? Uh, 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 what? Who? There's a, a YouTube comedy group that uh, made a thing. It's a reference to a thing that you haven't seen, but I thought it was funny enough for me to be able to enjoy it, so I said it. So, are you asking me to warp you to Halifax? <laughs> yes. Okay. Do we have a? Do we have any more games to talk about, or is that a? Is that it? That is it for me. Oh, that's it for everyone, then. Who is our next guest? I don't know yet. I've got a bunch of irons in the fire. I've got a bunch of uh, po- pots on the stove. Uh, co- a bunch co- of hats on the rack. Cooks in the kitchen. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, t- tires in the fire. Man, can we replace irons in the fire with tires in the fire? That's so much better. <laughs> All right. Okay, yeah, yeah, sure. All right. It's a rule. Uh, my favorite uh, incorrect phrase is uh we'll burn that bridge when we get to it sure that could also be correct depending on the context (laughs) all right uh if people wanted to get into contact with us why would they want to uh leave a message with my infant child he'll pass it on oh okay um how would they how would they do that uh they would uh go to redpagespodcast.com and leave a message there's a contact form You'd say, yeah, uh, this message is for William, uh, for him to pass along to you guys. So, uh, yeah, write, write to William. He's doing an AMA via this podcast next week. <laughs> <laughs> All of good. the questions yeah. will be answered directly by him vocally. You may not like your answers, but he, by God, <laughs> he will answer every question. Yep. Also, should, I, I don't know if we've made it clear, but we're on a, like a bi-weekly recording schedule for a while, I think. Right? I don't. I mean, maybe they noticed due to the lack of episodes uh, every other week, but um, this is this is the the current state of affairs, and that state of affairs is every other week. All right. Any cool. any other way? Right, but, there... Oh, we didn't mention Facebook. We also have Facebook. That's uh, yes. that's the thing. Okay. Facebook.com slash Red Pages Podcast. There ha- we, our subreddit has now gone one year without any new posts, so I don't think we need to mention <laughs> it anymore. Uh, I blame Frank Thing. Yeah, I don't know. He was He's a he was generating a hundred percent of the content on that, and he gave up. So, <laughs> all right, uh, I think that's it. So I'm gonna say good night, all the peoples, all my peoples out there. Have a have a good night. William saying good night. Keep on Trucklestein.